Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. All right then, my friends, welcome to another episode of Public Showering, and I'm super excited because I have basically one of my first ever instructors on the other end of my mic, which is very exciting and also an absolute legend in the industry. It is, of course, Lorna Walker. How are you, my lovely? Hello. Um, yeah, thank you. I'm a bit croaky, but apart from that, um, yeah, all good. Well, you've already said that you have a cup of tea on the end of the line, so that's that's nice. That's good. I to do. <laughs> so a bit of you're... holy basil. Oh, oh, that's, that's oh. a fancy one. So yeah, so everyone can sit down and relax. We're gonna have a cup of tea and listen to Lorna talk about everything, which is <laughs> which is very exciting, fun. Right. First thing I want to do then, because I always like to put people in the deep end, and as soon as you have the biggest history of, I think, anyone that I've spoken to on Public Shower in Bar, possibly Stacey Snedden, um, I'm going to do that horrible thing where I ask you to talk about your entire life in 90 seconds. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Usually everyone finishes in about one minute because they panic, but I'm, I'm sure you'll be fine. Are you Are you ready for uh, this? A poll related? Or, oh, are you going to ask the questions? That's okay. Then. No, no. It's, it's 90 seconds of you. So it's it's your entire life story from the beginning of time until oh my right days. Now. I know they can talk. I know that there's Ooh, ponies gosh. involved. Okay. I know that because that's exciting. That's a different string to your bow, isn't it? So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a lifetime ago. But yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay, um, then okay. I will I will let you know. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Right, three, two, one, go. <laughs> oh, um, well, I was born in like North London. Grew up around there. Grew up on a, a stud racing yard, which is like horses. So my mum and my dad basically like ran a, a racing yard um, wow. for some very, very wealthy people. Um, and it was amazing. Had a really lovely childhood kind of growing up there and stuff like that. Um, and then moved up to Chesterfield when I was about, I think it was about 12, 13. Um, and met my partner when I was quite young I was only about 15 16 when I met him oh um then yeah quite young <laughs> childhood sweethearts and then found pole that completely changed my world ended up winning Miss Pole Dance UK which changed my world got taken on by Stacey Snedden the expo and expert which changed my world I traveled all around living the dream um I've just had two kids <laughs> I run a studio I don't know beautiful. That's about it. <laughs> so I told you, you watch it in, in a minute. I'm with a cup of tea and, I don't know, kids are in bed and, yeah, here I am today. <laughs> See, I told you, most people get away with, like, that was only like a minute and you've explained your entire life in one minute, which is kind of impressive there considering that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cute. Well, it's cringy though, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Trying to try to put it all into one little pocket is actually yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. I have no idea where I would go with that, but because fortunately no one's asked me to do that yet. Can I ask you. No. I was say, can I ask you? No, it's my podcast. I'm allowed. No. <laughs> How come your parents decided to move to Chesterfield as well? Because I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure everyone knows that. I like, I'm from Chesterfield, and it's just well, it's it's 
incredible universe that you happen to be there because it was like, no, no. <laughs> you, and you know actually I might have told this story before on on Publish Sharon but just just for the hell of it I'll I'll do I'll do a little second of my life as well just so you don't feel so bad um it was actually the legend that is uh, Gemma Rogers who is a fine fine human being shout out to Gemma um cuz I'd started <laughs> doing poll when I lived in Macau and with uh, Vary Anderson who is another um icon of the industry but I absolutely hated it I did not fall in love with it like <laughs> most people do um, not because she wasn't a great teacher because she, she is and I actually ended up training with her again later um, but I, yeah I did it for a little bit didn't like it at all and then I was a little bit drunk with Gemma Rogers at a place called Einstein's in Chesterfield and she introduced me to you and then we just basically started doing um, skill swaps didn't we <laughs> yeah amazing it was brilliant <laughs> yeah it's funny it's a funny old world <laughs> it is and it's weird like yeah Chesterfield's yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not exactly a big town, but it seems loads goes on here. <laughs> um, well, bizarre, my parents got made redundant, basically. Oh, really? Moved. Um, yeah, so they worked for, like I say, some very, very wealthy people who mm. um, basically owned racehorses. Oh, wow. um, my mum and dad were like, I suppose, in effect, like the grooms. Um, it was brood mares, so it was like brie, it was like mares and foals and all the rest of it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was great. It was amazing, but they got made redundant. Um, because the the estate got passed on to like the next generation and they didn't want to keep horses on the property oh and my parents gosh. already had like the farm that they'd bought and they'd bought like a little kind of like a small holding type place like a I don't know they had stables and all the rest of it but they'd bought it just to kind of do it up and sell it on um just randomly they were they used to just always own a house somewhere in the UK mm. it just so happened that they owned that at the time that they got made redundant and it was kind of um a case of <sighs> Yeah, just I don't know. They, we moved. We moved up to Chesterfield, um, and I'm so. glad. Like I, I, I do absolutely love it. I think if I'd have grown up down south, I'd, I'd be very different. You know, I would, probably wouldn't have found pole. Um, what do you think? Yeah, be very how different. Was, um, yeah, I think so. How yeah. did you find pole actually? Yeah, like, so. how did that even happen? Um, I just I was about 19. Just wanted to feel a bit more like a woman, so like sort of class out. Um, it was about about 40 minutes away from me. Oh, wow. Um, and just went, yeah, just went to a class. It wasn't at all what I expected it to be. Um, yeah. Loved what a mission. I can't, I really can't imagine. Like, <laughs> I know. Back what? in the day, like yeah. back in the day, there was not, there was not studios everywhere. It was Emma, a lady called Emma, who was absolutely amazing. Um, I don't think she actually teaches anymore. Oh. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, um, I love how you described yeah, that. Ago. It almost sounds like you went on a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage. It's like, oh, you know, some people, they find Christ, but other people, we find Paul, and it changes our <laughs> lives, and it becomes a whole thing. But what was it then? I'm trying to imagine, like, I mean, I obviously don't know you in, in this time at all, like, and you're, to me, you're kind of like an amazing mixture of, like, kind of super girly, but then also kind of, I don't want to say the word laddie, because that's not the word at all, but I mean, just like, you're like, a lot of like getting stuck in and like get 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 going and like you're so punk and stuff yeah, like this. Yeah, I, like... I grew up. Yeah, I grew up on a. Yeah, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. Like I grew up with horses, mucking out, <laughs> shoveling, shoveling poop every day. Like that was my life. I, <laughs> I grew up very. Um, I don't know what the word is. Outdoorsy, I suppose. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm not afraid to. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm very girly as well because I'm I don't know I suppose I just embrace both sides of me I mean, yeah 
How was We've all that? We've got then? it, haven't we? So yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm the same. Like I feel like I am. I am. I do have my girly moments, but I think it's that same thing. I, I think that most pole dancers probably have that side in them, don't they? Like this sort of like it's good to yeah, feel. Yeah, it's like sexy your alter ego pole, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So. Can, try, can you try and cast your mind to that first ever class? Cause I would love to know, like, because the, the amount of people that, like, the newcomers that come to Dakini, which was, of yeah. course, was pole athletes before. Um, how how was that? Because it's, I think for me, I had a very different um, like progression into pole because I had like such a, a big background in, in dance and theatre and everything like that. It, it didn't seem it didn't seem unusual, so to speak. Like, how was it for you in in that respect? Yeah, it was petrifying. I went, it was at a leisure centre. Um, really? Wow. And yeah, and it was some ex-poles put up in like in the room and I walked in and they were just, I couldn't believe it. I remember seeing a girl do a Superman and I just was in absolute awe. And I remember Emma coming over to me and I think she said something along like, let's just see kind of what strength you have. And she asked me just to kind of hold the pole and almost just take my weight in my arms, not like pull up, but just take my weight. Mm. And I remember just being in awe of the fact that she could just hold her own weight off the floor like that. And I just, everything about it was just like jaw dropping to me. But yeah, petrifying, going by yourself. It's the hardest thing is, I think, turning up. Um, (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) it was petrifying. (laughs) But I kept going, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's so true though, because isn't it like I, I even said this today on, on uh, the other day on a different podcast of saying like, I think the hardest thing for a lot of people is to get their head around like they, like, loads of people say oh I think I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to train for a little bit first to go to pole but that just to me just isn't the way to do it is it it's just go in and you'll figure it out like you can't train pole in a gym really no and I I think like for you know if people are looking at coming at pole from a fitness perspective it's you, you know if you want to keep fit you need a sustainable kind of consistent hobby that just happens to keep you fit because you need to enjoy it and put up you know no one I don't I don't really know many people that like being kind of out of breath and the throat burning and you know what I mean like, like I don't really know many people that enjoy that moment of how intense it is yeah um you love the after effects and the endorphins and stuff but yes yeah, so I think you've got to find something that you enjoy so it doesn't seem so bad I, I wouldn't want to go to a gym personally. So for me, that wouldn't work because I just wouldn't get fit. I'd never go. It's so true. Gym, gym came to pole totally fresh. Weird. Well, it's not It's not like I, I used to lift weights and I used to love that. I really enjoyed that. But I don't know. I just, I don't have time. I've never really had the time, I suppose, to sign up to, or, or the need or the want. I've always been quite active even mm. before pole. So I suppose I've never kind of, yeah, had that need to go and exercise. I think yeah, probably because if you were so used to like mucking out horses, like like literally weightlifting of either yeah, a riding of poop or yeah. a person. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I was strong from the start, I suppose. Yeah, I used to ride a lot and stuff like that, so I've always been quite active, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that's that's just the fun of pole because at least like un- unlike the gym, like it, obviously pole dancing is a competitive sport, but for the most part, and this is what what I love about Dakini and when it was pole athletes, like why I loved it was because it it felt like such an incredibly safe like artistic space, and that's definitely down down to you and your approach to it because you obviously are such a like artistic and also just a very you're a very sort of I guess a gentle but very pushing person in terms of like you can do this I promise you can do this just go up and do it because I remember the first time you taught me a handspring and I was absolutely bricking it and then I was like oh my god oh my god I'm basically doing a handstand on a pole what's happening here 
<laughs> oh, well, that's yeah, that's very kind of you to say. I don't, um, I don't, I don't know why that is. I, d- I don't, I don't. I suppose I don't kind of actively go out of my way to be gentle with people. I feel I'm quite harsh sometimes. No, I think <laughs> I don't um, know. Yeah, maybe that's just, the wrong word. Maybe yeah, it's I like mean, I just, you have yeah. a calming approach to it rather than a a terrifying approach to it. Like I've had a lot of coaches in my life and some of them are just really scary. And you're, you're the kind of person that I feel like, um, whenever we've, we've been in the same room together, I've watched you teach. It's you, you have this sort of gentle, like together we can do this, which I, which I think is a, <laughs> it's a lovely, it's a lovely quality you have when, yeah, you, when well, you're teaching. Like love. Yeah. Love always wins over fear. So, um, yeah, you can, that's what I would say. I think it's, I don't know, people need to feel good about themselves. That's the whole point is that we're all just trying to, um, I don't know, we're all just human beings, aren't we? Trying to avoid pain, whether that be emotional, physical, whatever it is. Like, Hmm. I suppose people don't need more um, harshness maybe when they come into our studio. (laughs) I try and make sure that, I don't know, they leave feeling good about themselves. That's kind of my goal. Well, yeah, and it is it is a it's a great place. Like, how did it actually occur then that you, I guess, went from that your first class and then you started competing? What was the progression to actually get to Dakini? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I know it's a um, big question. Well, that <laughs> it's a big question. How long have you got? Um, I've got two podcasts, well, so of course. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's weird. Um, so I was taking class. I took classes for about a year, and then I had to have an operation, which meant I had to obviously stop coming and um, I'd already got a pole up at home Mm. and it was fine but I just you know I had to take the kind of six weeks off Um, and I just I think by the time I'd recovered and stuff and started building it back up at at home on my own by that point this sounds so old but like YouTube was becoming quite big so you could watch Mm. videos of other people I think it was like Studio Vina or something like that it was (laughs) I can't remember what it was but and there was a video of Pantera um, where she like did tricks and she didn't teach in TV, but you just had to learn from watching. Um, so I started kind of doing more stuff like that and then um, found things like, I think I I can't remember how I discovered Miss Pole Dance UK, but I remember going to Miss Pole Dance UK with um, actually who now runs a studio sort of, sort of local to me, a lady mm. called Stacey. Um, and we went to Miss Pole Dance UK and were just both absolutely in awe and mesmerised of... Uh, there was people like Tracy Simmons, I think she came second that year, um, and Anastasia won it. And it was just mind-blowing. We'd never kind of seen anything like that. Um, yeah, YouTube came became bigger, and I saw Felix Kane's 2016 oh, Miss Pole Dance Australia routine, and that just apps. I couldn't believe that she stayed on the pole for like the whole routine. I was just in awe of it. Um, and then I entered, I don't know how I found out, but I entered a competition called UKPPC, mm. um, and I did good. I think I came third. Well, yeah, sorry. A competition called UK PPC. It was like literally the very first ever um, one when it was in Birmingham and it wasn't oh, even UK cool. PPC really. Was then. that Varys, um, Varys comp then or was it somebody else's? Well, it was Kate's. No, it was well, it was Kate's at the time. I think maybe it was Vary and Kate. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was in Birmingham. It was, I think it was on one pole. I wore gloves. Oh my God, it's so cringeworthy. What? Um, uh. Yeah, I wore gloves. I, oh, I've always struggled with really, really sweaty hands, and yeah, so I wore gloves. No anyway, way. I didn't uh, even I'm know sure you could it's do on that. YouTube somewhere. If you oh want, oh my god, it. gloves on a pole! So what bad. the hell? <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. Oh man, I'm sure um, it wasn't. But I would love to see this though. Wait, really what? Cringy. What year would this be then? Actually, 
I don't know. Nineteen seventy-five. No, it's got to be like at least. It's got to be two thousand ten, two thousand eleven-ish. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be at least. It's definitely over a decade. Oh my god! Um, But anyway, I feel like such a baby. Yeah. And then I I got in contact. I already knew Donna Gant, but uh, well, she's not Donna Treadcold, sorry. But she at the time she was um, Donna Gant. Well, she's actually Donna Smith now. But mm. um, yeah, she uh, I started training with her basically, yeah. and she sort of became my pole mama. Really, I started jamming with her and having lessons with her. Mm. Um, she is a beast of a of a coach, but I need that. <laughs> like I don't need a gentle coach. I need someone that has a cane and tells me to get up there and do it again. Um, and yeah. she was perfect and she completely like um I suppose coached me through like Miss Pole Dance UK I had a bit of a strange idea which at the time nowadays it's normal but at the time it was quite unheard of there wasn't really there obviously was people who had done it before me but it wasn't a, a sort of known or done thing of dancing with live music um, ah. and I really wanted to do a piece with Liam yeah because he's an amazing singer yeah um well and pianist and so, yeah, guitarist I think, right yeah, yeah, and drummer, and yeah, just one of those that just, <laughs> just one of do those. it all. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started training and did that, and then entered, got through, and yeah, competed. Oh, wow. Um, Oh, that's so exciting. And the thing is, I think I remember like the first time I kind of went into what what was then Paul Affley's um, and then looking up, because you have like that first comp, like, well, Miss... Um, Miss Paul UK was, is actually in like a frame and all this stuff and I didn't really yeah I don't know more I took it down now but yeah um, yeah I, I had it all framed I was so proud of it you know sash and at the time again like I never got a sash for a crown it was only like Miss Pole Dance UK where you got such things I love um, that though yeah I was really proud of it yeah I think oh, as um, <laughs> it's really fun it's funny to me because like the the whole idea of competing is still like like it I don't know how it is like this, but it it does seem to be the only way that pole dancing really has managed to come out of the darkness and into the light and into a way that is like in this incredible community of things. I, I can't really like you do get this in, in circus, but like it's it's funny when I talk to um, circus people that are now doing pole or like Chinese pole people that are now doing pole and they're sort of getting into that world and stuff. And they're like, you do comps, like it's it's still like an unusual concept. And I think it's just so special in in our world that that is actually the way that you not only promote yourself but also you just go and meet everyone. You have perform. an opportunity I think, and perform. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a big thing. I think because pole dancing is now but again you know looking 10 years ago it wasn't at all known as kind of an art form or even known as like a circus act or whatever it may be sort of used for now definitely like a variety act Mm. um nowadays you know it's becoming more and more normalized so it's i suppose it's a lot easier if people want to perform but back in the day if you wanted to perform it was a competition basically um So I suppose that's how competitions evolved and became so popular is because they were really the only opportunity that people had to get on stage and share their creation and their art. So Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's still it's sort of one. we kinda of created our own stage within the community, you know, because yeah. the wider audience maybe weren't so accepting. Well, you know, I, I still find it like a really complicated and I always feel a bit naughty because like I, I came into pole from, in theory, like a circus world because I did circus first and then got introduced to pole. And now I feel like I'm I'm part of the community of pole. But I know that there's a lot of people that are 
not I don't know what the word is so like they don't like the fact that pole can be part of circus but then circus doesn't always accept pole and then like the wider world doesn't always accept pole like it's it's a very confusing community stroke sport stroke art form to be a part of because it's it's like everyone's a taboo <laughs> like this yeah. is like a place well, where yeah, I find myself it's, it's very confusing yeah I think it everyone has an opinion and everyone's entitled to it mm. I think that it I think you're always going to have people that have a negative viewpoint and a positive viewpoint Mm -hmm. and that's okay you know I think that it's yeah I suppose not getting caught up in it that is I don't know (laughs) I I, I haven't really come across it I mean I have been involved in kind of the circus industry and the circus side of of things but not hugely yeah Um, but I've not really come across it myself personally I I do know what you mean and I I know that there can be um, yeah strong opinions but I don't know. I suppose people have their own reasons and yeah. that's for them. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Paul just has such an incredible history anyway when it, with, with itself. I mean, like, where, where do you think Paul is like right now? Because, I mean, when I'm thinking about what I understand about where Paul came from, and, and in my opinion, it, it, it did come from um, like way back in like American circus when you had women outside the circus literally dancing on the wooden poles that hung up the tent, um, basically being like these sort of like temptress to tempt people into the into the circus which then became its own thing then went to clubs and then then we are where we are when we're in strip clubs and things like this and now we are where we are like how do you visualize as like i know this is a very big question so be ready <laughs> i'm testing you on <laughs> thursday night like um <laughs> like where do you think we are in in the history of 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 pole dancing now because you know we're, we're going to talk about pole art more as more so in our next episode but it's it's incredible to me to see what is essentially a uh, at most 100 year history at very least maybe a 50 year history to where we are in, th- in terms of like you know incredible 16 year old sports gods and goddesses now doing pole art like how 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 do you feel like where are we in this incredible timeline of pole I think um, it's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't I think, think we all have an answer. On, on, <laughs> well, no, not at all. I think I think there's definitely ebbs and flows, and like the pole industry, like every industry and like everything in life, goes through periods of change. That's that's normal, and I think that it will be, as you said, you know, these sixteen-year-olds, even younger, you know, these ten-year-olds that are absolutely <laughs> like I can't even. I don't even know. They're terrifying. I can't even put into words. Like it's just insane what they're doing with the bodies and I hope the bodies are okay like long term I hope it doesn't cause <laughs> I know that sounds silly but as a mum I'm like oh my god your joints are you know so I hope that, that you know they're training safely and they're training with a certified instructor and that they are you know being looked after by their coaches especially sort of as as young children and younger adults mm. but wait until they're the ones opening studios and oh, running God. competitions and that's when it, I feel it will be another that's the when the generational shift will happen because yeah that's yeah yeah it's it's, it's, it's terrifying yeah, but also very exciting that'll be yeah hugely exciting and that's the beautiful thing about this industry is that the it constantly changes and it constantly evolves and if you I don't know if you don't kind of stay with that evolution of it then 
you you're going to miss something incredible potentially because mm. it just does seem to be getting better and better and bigger and bigger um, yeah. and more and more accessible as well which is amazing yeah. um so yeah i think i think the only way is up really and yeah it will be it will be interesting to see in about sort of another 10 years time say oh. Uh, oh, wow. where we'll be it will just be incredible it really will and uh, I mentioned this in, in one of my other podcasts the other day that it was when I was uh, I was comparing at um, Great British Pole Champs the other weekend and there was great job by the way thank you, thank you very much I had, I had a magical time <laughs> everyone was giving me a lot of uh, good good marks on being clever and silly and funny so that was nice <laughs> um, so but yeah there was there was two very I think one was 14 and one was 16 I think um, and I remember just being sat at the side of the stage being like oh my goodness god what what is happening but then um there, there was a little bit of a discussion of like is is it fair to have these like kind of incredibly high level kids in the same comps as people that again have been doing pole for a very very long time and they were i, I can't remember which categories they were in but like do you think we may have to start to consider like a i mean i'm thinking back to when i was a swimmer like um there was like the the sort of main categories and then there'd be something called the masters categories which was for very good but older swimmers um and i'm wondering are we do you think at some point we may have to have sort of like the masters which are basically all the older people that got into pole when they were 27 (laughs) and all these people these kids are you know just just doing a really bloody good job (laughs) Well, I mean, comps do have that. Comps do mm. have kids categories, masters categories. Mm. Um, so that does that does already exist, you yeah. know. And I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. I think the difficult thing from like a like an organisation of a comps perspective is it, it you if you've got so many categories, the day goes on for so long. You're looking <laughs> at rather than it being like a six hour event, it's now suddenly like a ten twelve hour event, oh, and God. that's obviously a lot more costly with yeah. regards to venue hire, judge time, da 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 da. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's if you are wanting to enter something specifically that's more relevant to your age group, then there's mm. definitely those options. They might not be as many at the moment. Yeah. But I think the more people that do it then the more it's it's kind of on like a it's a service industry isn't it so if people True. want it and the need is there then the service will follow and and that will hopefully increase I think I'm just terrified that I'm going to be doing sort of my elite category things. I'm going to have this like kid in my category who I've never seen before, never met before. Just to be, I'll just see some sort of like Italian name. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like I've got to be ready for it though. Like I, you know, like I guess every single person, like I, I feel like my main strengths lie in sort of storytelling and sort of emotional work. Like my trick level is is fine, but like you know, there's no there's no way in hell a Rainbow Marchenko is coming out of me anytime soon um <laughs> so like it's I, I feel like we're in a very exciting time right now that's really moving on because of i think the access that that younger people now have to poll yeah yeah i mean yeah it is petrifying <laughs> um i mean there's not I there's not much you can do other than accept like <laughs> who you are and where you're at i think i think there becomes a bit of a realization that you are aware that um I don't know. It's 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 a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. as an elite performer, you definitely could come across people that are much younger, much bendier. But I mean, who's to say that's better? You know, it's it's yeah. it's anybody's on the night, isn't it? So I, yeah. I think I think it's I suppose not letting those 
those self-doubts that inner critic kind of come into your mind and um yeah i think i think that's probably yeah i don't know i'm not competing so i know (laughs) i think that's a good advice Um, to everyone though actually for sure yeah I i think the main thing is to is to just remember that you're you can only do your best you know and if you don't have the same access to a studio to train if you haven't been doing it for as long if you aren't as young and fit and bendy if you haven't got a background in maybe dance or circus or acrobatics or gymnastics then yeah you have to be happy with your you know Mm -hmm. not comparing yourself I suppose it's they say don't they it's the thief of joy so I suppose keeping it inwards and, and making sure that you're looking at your own journey rather than yeah everyone else around you absolutely (laughs) absolutely but I mean I guess that's the thing about competitions like I think it's it's I think once you've done a few like it's a little bit different like when you when you are in like sort of more advanced and sort of um pro categories obviously the 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 want to win is absolutely there but I I I feel like I've, I've started to come into a world of like I just want to make things that are very interesting for me to make. And, you know, if I win, that's great, because, of course, I'm here to compete. But, like, there is so much joy in making these really sort of interesting stories. And that's kind of what I've always liked about about your stuff as well, especially with having a, a live musician on stage. Like, what is the the start of your your journey when you're starting to make your, your work? Because um, I think when I met you, you were actually making a pretty emotional story uh, regarding your, your dad. And um, I think that was the first time I realised that, like, you can really make these very highly emotional stories on pole. Like, it's, I don't know, it was just such an eye-opening thing for me to sort of realise what you were doing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's an emotional release, isn't it? I suppose, you know, for me, dancing is a way for me to release emotions and like the the process it always starts with music that's like it's a song that moves me and inspires me or it might be that I want I know that I want to share about something maybe an emotion or a storyline or a specific theme but I'll have that in my head for however long and then I'll hear a piece of music and I'll be like ah that that's the one so yeah definitely start that's the first thing for me is is the song kind of leads the way I suppose yeah, uh, that's that's incredible. Like, well, have you got any sort of starts of advice? Because I mean, anyway, you have your various different like coachings and things that do, especially for like choreography. Like, for anyone out there that's listening that is considering tackling quite a tough subject, what would your advice be just to kind of start that process? Because um, again, in, in other podcasts, I've I've sort of spoken about um, you know for some people to to really access those really hardcore memories um it can be a bit of a process sometimes like what do you have any sort of like top tips really as to how to access (laughs) these um these sort of you know in some ways very traumatic and shocking parts of your life and to kind of translate that into into a pole routine yeah i mean I i think the first thing is to be accepting i suppose of your own rawness and your own vulnerability i suppose you have to give yourself permission to release and be fully expressive and um, allow yourself to cry during training sessions, allow yourself to be angry, you know, allow yourself to be moved emotionally during the creative process because 
that's kind of what you're doing. You're releasing emotions as you move. And yeah, 100%. it's a good thing, you know, I, I've had, you know, it sounds awful, but I've done choreography packages with people and I have had people crying during our sessions. And it's not because I've done anything. It's because they are, they are really so into that emotion that it's, it's physically coming out of their body. And I think that that is incredible that they can access that. That's, a superpower really to be able to be that vulnerable and open with yourself and yes it takes a lot of courage to share that so I, I think it's yeah giving yourself permission I suppose to move how feel, not, there's no right or wrong way to dance there's no right or wrong way to move I think for too long the industry's been caught up in us being aesthetically pleasing and you know your toes have to be pointed and your lines have to be clean and you know I, I'm I'm a judge as well and I'm all for definitely I give the feedback of engage the quads to improve the line you know mm. point draw the heel to the I give I'll give those cues but I think we shouldn't get so caught up in there mm. being a right and wrong way to move it should just be movement that feels good and expressive to you yes um I completely yeah. agree with you I mean for, for me freestyle basically yes absolutely like I, th I think for a lot of people it is quite difficult to just sort of freestyle especially when you're in your emotional state because I think a part of you I mean at least I'm, I'm talking about myself right now but like there's like yeah, yeah. there's a part of me that is like screaming to perform the thing that I want that's in my head which is probably I don't know it could look very shocking and very ugly should I do it in like what a very stops you though what what it's literally it's other people if, if I'm on my own in a studio like if, for example I, I made quite a lot of my, my first routines at, um, at Paul Athletes aka Dakini and um, yeah. most of the time it was me alone and I, I have to go alone to work through my yeah. sort of thing because I feel like I can only really be my true self when I'm alone I, and no one's looking at me which seems a bit naughty because here I am doing my podcast about Paul no, no 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 but, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying though, I, I, if I'm by myself yeah it's really hard to fully release in front of people yeah I, I'm quite similar. Yeah. But having said that, I've literally just come back from um, National Circus where I've been doing some aerial pole stuff and I've just been thinking because one of the ideas I have for my um, elite pole championships piece is for the first time I want to tackle the, the, the idea of um, talking about my, my dad who passed away a few years ago. And it's, it's, you know, it was like nine years ago now, but I've just not been ready to tell that story because I just didn't think that I could access it fully because it was still too hard to deal yeah. with that and um, I know a lot of people who have um, spoken about um, like death or like you know diseases and things like this and you know I think maybe sometimes it is too early for people to get yes, stuck yes, into yes, things because yes. you might just not be 100%. ready for it yet like no 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 I agree with that entirely 100 <laughs> I mean the piece I did about my dad um, was for Pole Theatre Germany and it was a I mean I hadn't even t like if I'm perfectly honest there was no pole work in it really I I had mapped out and prepped the floor work, but I had a miscarriage actually about oh. sort of four weeks prior to it. So I'd been pregnant and then miscarrying for a bit um, before. So I hadn't really been on the pole at all. Oh um, so there was no pole work, basically. The reason I'm saying that is because there was no pole work, basically. I think I did like, I don't know, I, th I can't even remember what I did. I, I don't <laughs> even think I really did much. Um, but it was a very emotive and moving piece and... But again, it was one of those where it was a final chapter for me and mm. it was closure for me. There was no way I could have done that while my dad was alive. No. Um, I could only do it because he died. Yeah. Um, and it's a big context. Like that. It was so, done. Because your, your dad so, had so, a yeah, context, sorry. So he, yeah. 
yeah, so he had dementia for about 10 years and I was pretty much his main carer for that time. He, you know, did have home, you know, we did have home carers and um, alongside my sister, we pretty much did everything. Um, it was a very horrible time, mm. um, but also a very incredible time because it was a time of great kind of um, perspective, I suppose, and love and enlightenment. And yeah, so there was a lot of mixed emotions and the song was just a song that, you know, I'd heard anyway on YouTube and it was, I can't make you love me, but it was the oh, Boniver version. It's such a good And it was just so that, really. fitting. Yeah. I mean, I know obviously the reason Bonnie Ray wrote it was a completely different reason, but it was just so fitting to my situation. And I just had this vision in my head of that, like I will be able to bring that to life when he's no longer here. So I sat on that song for about six years. And then when he passed away, um, I mean, I'd entered actually the competition before because I knew he was pretty much, um, mm. yeah, that was kind of his final few months as such. Mm. Um, and he died in the June. Um, and I, I think it was about the November that I performed it. Mm. Um, but obviously between, between kind of the July and November period, it, it, I didn't have much time to train obviously from, from being pregnant and, mm. I didn't really want to train too much. Um, I suppose the only reason that made it a little bit better was that Liam, again, my husband, was performing it. Yeah. So he would come to the studio with me and I would just work through a few bits. And yeah, it, but I do agree with you. I think that it's okay to sit on something for mm. as long as you need because I almost grieved my dad for a very long time. You know, dementia is quite a strange illness. So yeah. for me, it was like, oh, okay, I can put that to bed now. Yeah. Um, it is nice to be able to make people might like still this. be in it. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There is something really like... And that's okay um, also to dance whilst you're in it as well. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with doing that at all. Um, but yeah, I don't suppose you should feel like you have to dance about something that you're going through or experiencing. No, and um, I think that's sort of the... I think that's what's quite special about pole competitions, actually, because, um, I, I mean, I can't think of that many other places that you would have this same thing, but... Um, I think that, I don't know if it's because it's a very female-led um, uh, sort of performance skill or if it's just because it's a taboo thing or it's because we're, we're in our underwear. Um, like It does seem to be a place where people are quite happy to lay down some of the hardest parts yeah. of their life for others to see. And I find that a really amazing and very specific thing to Paul. And I think that, you know, the, the bravery that everyone has to put out these really incredibly emotional pieces, it, it just makes everything so much more sort of joyous. And there's there's something interesting about sort of these topics of like grief and what whatnot, where there's some incredible element of joy that comes out of this. And I find that such a, I sort of like battle with that concept in my own head. Like, I mean, even the piece I'm I'm thinking of developing now, like I don't like talking about my dad passing away because that is the sad part of it. We don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about all the good stuff that happened and my, my route into thinking like now I'm in a space nine years later where I just try and think of all the good things that me, me and my dad used to do together. And a lot of it comes down to sort of music and dance music. And whenever I go to like a really big gig, I have this feeling that my dad's with me and I, and I, and that, that's like a new feeling that I've only had in the last couple of years. So I think for a lot of people that want to make emotional pieces, it's about finding that sort of, I don't know what to call it that like meaty like thing that hurts but you're really excited to make something about it I don't know does that make sense 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't suppose it's ever been excitement for me. Like the reason I've wanted to make, it's been more of, I'd say, a release. That's yeah. Um, how I how I would see it. So yeah. it's like a need to cut. It's like closure a little bit. It's kind of like a way to dance it out, particularly. Um, <laughs> dance like it. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I think it's just. Um, yeah, I think it's just a way for for you to dance yourself through it. But equally, if you don't want to or you can't and you're not in a position to do that there's nothing wrong with that there's obviously other ways that may be more healing for mm. people and you know to me it's i suppose it's it's knowing yourself enough to know whether that's a good thing for you to do or or not i suppose absolutely um and yeah it you know with death in particular i suppose it comes down to what your viewpoint on death is and how which is super individual you, to everyone I've, that's yeah what I've that's discovered it for sure. so how you can how you view the world and how you view um like you say you know your dad you had a feeling and the sense of your dad being with you um I, I think that sometimes it's you can almost surrender a little bit I suppose and let the routine come to you and when you're ready it'll it'll come I suppose Oh, I think that's a really sounds good like, point. Sounds like it's coming, Sophie. It sounds like it's coming. <laughs> I yeah, that's definitely yeah, part of my process. Less, <laughs> less force, more flow. That's what I say. <laughs> less force, more flow. Love that. That, that is yeah. absolutely the quote of the night. Absolutely love that. Right, <laughs> let's bring it around to something a little bit more positive for now. Let's let's talk about birth and other things. Um, no, I'm doing that's not more positive. <laughs> um, well, because I wanted to talk about. Um, Obviously, you have two absolutely beautiful children right now. They're very pretty, and I think they're both yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they're they're both silently in bed as we speak, which is very very nice. Um, fast asleep. Fast asleep. So, how has it been for you? Because I, I mean, I was I was around for uh, at least your your first pregnancy, and uh, just seeing you sort of this 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 body of this child that was walking through the studio, and I was like, oh my goodness me, you are absolutely an icon for me oh my god like and now i know that you are you have classes for sort of postnatal um training after after pole dancing and things like how was that whole experience for you and like how does that kind of bring back into your your coaching and things now because it must be a completely different way of you know building uh, building pole dancers that are you know have, have just finished their pregnancies yeah, I think the the thing is, is that everybody's pregnancy is so individual and everyone's recovery is so individual that it's very difficult to kind of, mm. there's no one's kind of fits all as such. <laughs> For me, I had an absolutely horrific pregnancy. So by the time my son was born, by six weeks post, I, I felt so incredible because I'd been so, so poorly for so long <laughs> that like it was amazing to move my body I felt strong I felt incredible don't get me wrong it was really difficult I couldn't invert I was definitely bigger yada 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 it was hard but just the fact that I wasn't throwing up every day was just so incredible that I just loved every second I suppose and of course I did get deflated and mm. did kind of hate on my body and skin hurts and this and that and the next thing um but I was amazed at how quickly it came back. And I think a lot of that's because of my job. You know, I, I yeah. think doing it as a job, you're doing it, you know, three, four, five times a week, two to three hours a time. You know, it's it's bound to have an impact on like your fitness and coming back into pole. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so individual and so unique that it, the way I experienced it, I think is quite rare. Um, wow. Okay. I had it really bad 
during the pregnancy but then good after yeah i see so many people just having it amazing i mean maybe they have it amazing after as well but i don't really actually know but i see so many people having an amazing time during pregnancy and like still being able to poll and like i just can't even imagine being able to stand up that long to get to the studio let alone actually do anything when i was there so i'm in awe of you know of that side of things but i think it's just I think you again is coming back to like realistic expectations, accepting mm. change, accepting where you're at and where you are in your journey. Um, your body has just been through one of the biggest transformations in the entire existence of the universe. You've just created another life, like you've grown a human being from scratch. That isn't that weird to say that as a sentence. Like, isn't that so I weird? I grew, I grew a penis, <laughs> Sophie, and I don't even have them myself. Like what my body did was the most incredible thing. So I, I've oh got to come God. back to that when I'm trying to hate on myself when I can't invert or climb the pole anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's. I suppose again, it's that perspective of oh there's more to God. life than pole, and as much you know, there's a time for it. It will always be waiting for you when you're ready to go back to it. But you, I don't think there should be any pressure to get back to it too soon. No, because it's a different phase of your life oh my days if I wasn't teaching then I would have been back so quickly like I can't I can't imagine anything worse than going out for an evening class when it's witching hour the baby's hungry absolutely cluster feeding teething not settling for bedtime like it's just yeah I think it's just accepting where you're at and being present and enjoying Mm. that phase of your life there's nothing wrong with going and training and getting back to it but only do it if it feels good don't do it if it's making you feel bad about yourself because postnatal is hard enough you don't need to feel any worse I suppose oh gosh honestly I I I say this all the time I'm not trying to put people off kids I'm just being oh (laughs) just just being real I think that's what everyone wants to hear though you know what (laughs) I I, baby like they don't go anywhere (laughs) (laughs) I I say a lot I've I've still I've still generally no interest in children and a a load of people keep telling me oh you'll turn 30 something and suddenly you'll have this thing and I'm like yeah sure I don't think so but whatever but like I have so much time for anyone really hate that no I know like because the thing is the reality is like I'm I'm definitely here for anyone that's had a child I will do my utmost to if you need any help with anything I will babysit I I love other people's kids because they're other people so that's great they're Mm. over there but like I I'm so happy just to hear you just talk about it in reality because (laughs) I don't want to hear about the miracle of birth and how magical it is because that's just not the truth all the time some of it is obviously no no (laughs) Yeah, I th- well, I think again, it, you know, you can, we can look, you know, yeah, I think it's again opinions and perspective. And again, everyone's mm. situation is completely individual and yeah. unique. But for me, the first year is an absolute baptism of fire. Like, they're <laughs> sleeping for only two to three hours a night, they're on you 24 7. They'll only sleep on you. You can't really put them down. They're constantly in a sling. <laughs> then the teething starts. Like, I love it to pieces, but that first year is is hard work and so. <laughs> If you're then also putting pressure on yourself to get back to pole, yeah. like you just don't need that kind of pressure in the first year of having a baby, basically. No. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Like I say, if it makes you feel good, maybe you know, it's very different for me. We have we don't have just we don't have any childcare or mm. people that look after our children. It's literally Liam and I and nursery, so it's it's a very different situation for us. We both run businesses, mm. so you know maybe it's very different for other people, but. For me, yeah, that I, 
I'd just say just enjoy your baby for a bit and then go back because it feels good and just move your body because it feels good yeah and continue moving your body because it feels good and continue showing up and when the inner critic again Sabres kind of competing when the inner critic starts coming in take yourself back to the fact that you grew a respiratory system an endocrine system a nervous system a cardiovascular system do you know what I mean like it's no you're more ridiculous more to you than what you can do on a on a metal circular cylinder like (laughs) that doesn't define your worth I suppose and it's holding on to that I think that's going to help your postnatal recovery that's an absolute mic drop moment right there like you know it's in terms of the global aspect of like you know pole is very important to a lot of people and it should be because if, it, if it's your hobby it's what you love then absolutely put your time and effort into it but then when you put it into that idea of like I just grew hearts and lungs and veins and a lot like a pole isn't that important in the, <laughs> in the grand scheme of life well, but it's not it's, it's not incredible. that it isn't it's not that it isn't that important it's definitely a lifeline for a lot yeah. of people and it's a community it is important yeah but I think not accepting kind of change and not accepting that at this moment of your life, it's not about being the fittest, no. the bendiest, the most dynamic, the bravest, the flippiest. That's not where you're at in your life right now currently. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. Like you can be, but you're going to have to show up consistently yeah. and deal with the bad days as well as the good days and over time and it will take time but over time you will get it back brilliant well that's the thing but isn't it really because you literally don't put that pressure back. on yourself to do it yeah absolutely because you've got to grow back your own muscles and sort your own like heart rate and everything else out realistically like you gave all this energy and into this incredible thing that just kind of like came out of you so it's you know it's kind of it's kind of nice to think of the amount of like work you've got to go back on yourself and i think that's a really yeah, and great even way to down look at it. to even down to things like when you're tired or you're hormonal, <laughs> your skin is definitely more sensitive. Oh, God, So yeah. as a new mum, you are tired and you are hormonal. So your skin is on fire just sitting <laughs> on the pole. Like, be kind to yourself. That will pass. Every, again, change is inevitable. This won't be forever. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the baby will sleep and your hormones will settle and skin will, skin will be a lot more tolerable on the pole. And, yeah, you know, muscles will rebuild. And, yeah, it's being having grace i suppose for yourself and trying to um i suppose staying grounded and know that that inner critic is a valid part of you but should not be the only (laughs) voice i suppose no if you're having if you're giving yourself a hard time or stressing i suppose about coming back to the pole after having a baby no of course right I absolutely love that. Let's leave it there for a hot second because on our next episode, we're going to talk more about competitions and, of course, pole art, which is one of, well, one of the most exciting competitions of the year, at least for me, which is very exciting. And it's coming up very, very (laughs) soon. So we will see you next time with Lorna Walker on Public Showering. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in a little bit. If you're loving what you've been hearing in the Public Showering podcast, you have to experience Sadasi www.soduncan.com slash sadasi it's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in public showering plus so much more it's where you can get one-to-one help bringing all these ideas to your own work it's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more and it's where you can hang out and chat with other sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential 
It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash sadassi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye. <laughs>